Hey everybody, my name is Steve Thompson. Uh, very excited to be here today to help focus on taking that business plan that you've been working so hard on and actually turning it into something actionable for your teams. And if you don't have a business plan and just a bunch of things you know you need to do, that's okay. We can still make an actionable plan that you can follow and your teams can follow. So today we're gonna focus on the objective and key results model, which really just simplifies your business into a couple of core things that you can make sure you can explain to your customers and to your employees. So I look forward to working with you on building your business plan and making it actionable. So my background, when I actually was able to wear uh, sports coats, not just because of the heat, but because I am not stuck at home. Um, so I'm the uh, CEO and founder of my own consulting company. And basically I do operations um, and people consulting for uh, early stage startups at all kind. So uh, I help CEOs and company look at their business, assess their needs and make sure that their plans are aligned across different organizations so that they're all solving the same problems and they're all staying accountable to solving those goals. So uh, it's a kind of a mix of people, it's a mix of process, it's a mix of operations, finance, HR, you name it. All those things have to be working together in order to make sure that teams are set up for success. And in addition, while I do that and support ventures on operations, I actually have my own venture that I work as a co-founder and called the Surf Network. And we're part of the Arizona Commerce Authority and the Arizona Innovation Challenge. We're basically a technology platform that takes over television screens and venues, and we give advertising credit to the venues that have those screens, and then we're able to display unique content and advertisements in various locations. So that could be at the zoo, or at your favorite bar or restaurant, or in the airport. Um, and so that's the, the business that I'm working on at the Surf Network. Uh, and then finally, I teach marketing entrepreneurship at the WP Carey School at Arizona State. So I try to apply real life principles since I am not a doctor. Uh, I only have my bachelor's degree, uh, but apply real life principles and entrepreneurship to marketing and entrepreneurship students that are in their undergrads. So hopefully I can apply all of these various principles uh, in order to make sure we're coming up with some custom and unique needs for your businesses. So, when we talk about business plans, they can vary pretty significantly depending on the size of your business, the complexity of the business, the stage of the business, how old the business is, whatever that might be. And honestly, just how busy you are as an entrepreneur and business owner. So really a lot of this, you can have a comprehensive business plan that you might've put together to get your first loan for your business that's 60 pages long, or you can just have a thing, a list of things to do that day. Um, and those can be personal items as well as professional items because you've got to find that work-life balance. So no matter where you are on your task list or the complexity of your business plan, you know you have a list of things that need to get done on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual basis. In addition, depending on how much you like numbers, I don't like numbers very much, but I still have to use them. The complexity of your business plan can be focused like a, a really intricate balance sheet on the left-hand side that shows all of your assets and liabilities and you can have your pro formas or you're just a, uh, you just know exactly where your business needs to go, what your profitability targets are, how much money you know you need to make every month to cover your bills and what your aspirations are of how much money you wanna to make to expand that store location or open that second ops location for your business. So it doesn't matter how complex or simple your plan is, 
everyone has goals that they're hoping to achieve and work toward. So with that, the title of this, uh, this, this, this theme here is, you've built a plan, but now what? Because the worst thing you can do, especially if you've put together that 60 page business plan, is have it collect dust on a shelf somewhere. So what we're gonna talk about today is really assessing and being honest with yourself of, does your plan address the biggest problems that you have today in your business? Secondly, is your team aware and bought in to the goals that you've set? And finally, can you explain your business goals, the biggest business goals that you have in 10 seconds or less? And I know that that last one seems semi impossible and it kind of is because you probably have more than, you know, three to five goals, but we're talking about, can you boil it all down? So if someone asks you, what are the three things you want to achieve in your business? You'll be able to do that hopefully by the end of this series. So the first question, does your plan address today's biggest business problems, the biggest things that you have? I think what happens a lot of times, especially when you put business plans together, is you use a lot of really fancy jargon and buzzwords and you, you, you write in paragraph format and that can get lost when it comes to really just creating actionable goals. Things that I can get done really simply and I know that they have an owner, I know that they have an end date or a due date, and I know that there are milestones or specific objectives that it needs to solve. And the thing that I'm hoping we can do today is making sure to boil down all of those business goals into actionable business goals, things that you can change, things that you can measure and things that you can see progress. The other big thing that I see missed quite a bit in organizations is we all set up these big goals, but then we forget to review them as a team because we just get too busy. And I have been there with you, believe me, I know how that feels, but at the end of the day, we have to spend time with our team and evaluating goals and making sure that we're holding our teams accountable to helping us achieve those goals. Because as the entrepreneurs and managers and owners of your business, you're gonna need help eventually as you scale to get this done. And then finally, people have a hard time not just remembering to review their goals, but to update their goals based on the current realities of their business. One of those being COVID-19, which for the Surf Network, the business that I work in, so it has significantly impacted our ability to grow. And so when growth used to be one of our key objectives uh, in the middle of COVID as venues are shutting down and individuals can't go to physical locations, we've had to pivot and focus on efficiency and building a really long operational and cash flow runway in order to keep our business afloat. So I'm just making sure today when we talk about this that are we resetting expectations based on the current realities that we can control or know about when it comes to environmental factors? Secondly, we talked about this a little bit before, is your team aware and bought in? Uh, can your, do your employees know your mission, vision statements? Can they translate really easily what the biggest business goals for your business are? And in addition, is employee performance tied to the success of those business goals? Are you measuring their ability to accomplish those tasks and accomplish them well against their overall performance in your organization. Because if they don't get done, that means you have to get it done, which means you're spending way too much time focused on tasks instead of focused on the big vision of your business. And then finally, I think this is the interesting one that we'll play around with today. Um, can you explain your biggest business goals in 10 seconds or less? Everyone has a ton of aspirations and a ton of things they want to accomplish. But if someone asked you to give an elevator pitch about your business goals, could you bring those down to three to five big objectives, those big rocks that you wanna move in your business in order to make sure that you could be successful? 
And how does the work of each employee tie back into those big business goals? So we talked about measuring it from a performance perspective. There's also the other side of this, the motivation perspective of if you got an employee that's feeling down one day and they say, I don't want to sweep the floors. Do you have an ability to say, to help them understand that that task relates directly to customer service or customer experience and that it's important because it's part of one of those big business goals? So all of these are a long list of questions that we might not all get to today, but I hope is kind of the guiding light of what we aim to achieve when it's simplifying and making our goals more actionable in our business. So the model that I'm introducing you today uh, was developed by John, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Dior probably, uh, but he is a well-known serial entrepreneur and venture capitalist. He introduced this OKR model uh, to Google back in the late 90s, early 2000s as a way to organize tasks, metrics, KPIs, which are key performance indicators and goals into something that's more meaningful and easier to explain and easier to get buy-in for the success of your business. So here's what it looks like, and we'll walk through this because I know there's a lot of words on this slide, but OKRs are really the first two parts, objectives and key results. And then what I've added at the end of this based on my interactions and my growth as an entrepreneur is that you have to have actions in order to make the OKRs work. So we have this model and basically the way that you're supposed to plug in your objectives and key results is I will achieve my, my objective as measured by the key result that I set. And we're gonna go through some examples and I'll show you what I actually did when I was the general manager of uh, Uber. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the ways that this little statement, this, this, this uh, vision statement works of I will achieve my objectives as measured by key results. But the objectives you really boil down into memorable qualitative descriptions of what you want to achieve. You can make it short, you can make it engaging, but it should be really easy to understand what that objective is. And I'll show you some examples of that. The key results is where you get quantified. And this is where you actually look at what metrics am I going to use to measure whether or not my objective is being achieved. So there's a lot of different things that you can measure and it's going to take you some time to make sure it's the right metrics that you're measuring. But for each objective, you should try to find two to five key results and no more than those, because if you try to measure 50 things, then you're going to lose track of which one is actually driving your objective and driving your success. And finally, if you have a North Star, if you have an, a key results or a KPI that you're focused on and that you're going to be measuring on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then you're going to take actions if those numbers go up or down. And so that's where you need to have specific actions tied to each of those key results. And there should be just at least one action for each of those key results. So let's give a real life scenario to objectives and key results. Uh, part of my story is back in 2012, this weird uh, technology company uh, came knocking on my door called Uber. Um, and there were only 10 cities at that time and there were less than 100 employees. And they wanted to launch Phoenix as the 12th market in the United States. And we only had black car service, the really luxury high-end sedan service. And the idea was that you open up your phone, download the Uber app when this was still like apps were still a new weird thing. Um, and a driver will come pick you up wherever you are. Like really commonplace now in the on-demand economy, but this was a really weird world that we dealt with back in 2012 and 2013. So for context is the Uber case study. 
we had 300 employees in about 30 cities when I fully came on board and towards the middle of 2013. After my five years that I was there as general manager of operations, so helping to actually grow these cities and manage these cities and launch these cities, we had 12,000 employees and we operated in 500 cities. So as we always said at Uber, we were flying the rocket ship as we were building it. And as a result of that, we had a lot of complexity that got added into our operations and we needed a system to organize our teams and make sure that we were set up for success. Now, mind you, we had a ton of metrics that we were looking at and we also had a ton of tasks across multiple teams and departments and regions. But what we realized as we got into like 2015 and 2016 and we started to need to become a mature real company um, and not just light money on fire to get riders and drivers as we needed to know why tasks were being prioritized, especially within my team. I needed to know why Amber was working on something and why Gabe was working on something. And more importantly, how did it tie back to the big business goals that we had? So as most technology companies, which is my background, up on the top left-hand side, you have these metrics dashboards. And a lot of time they're real-time dashboards and there's all these metrics that you can look at However, the metrics aren't tied to actions. The metrics didn't say, because you sent out two emails, your conversion rate went this much higher. It just shows you what conversion rate is and you have to make assumptions about it. And in addition, we had separate teams that were influencing the same metric. So what we realized is we didn't know who or what was driving that metric specifically. And actually we didn't know why that metric was important to the business until we defined it as an objective. And in a, oh, I jumped ahead, I got so excited. Uh, in addition, what we realized too is there were a boatload of tasks that everyone was working on, but when I would ask one of my team members, hey Blaine, why are you working on this today? He'd say, because I need to get it done. And I'm like, but, but why? My team had a ton of things to do, and this is an example of what a project management platform called Asana is, um, they had a ton of things to do and they could track their progress and show me they were making progress. But at the end of the day, as their manager, I had to have a really difficult time understanding why they were working on these tasks. So what we did in 2015 as general managers, we all went to this summit and we all sat down and we realized we had to boil down the, like the key areas of Uber's business into a couple of objectives and then measure some key results against those so that we were able to then help our teams and guide our teams towards success of the biggest problems that Uber needed to solve. So amidst the double digit monthly growth, we had to organize what and when we were doing things against why we were doing them. This, would, uh, this created a huge amount of accountability, a lot of ownership among team members where teams and individuals were excited because they're like, I have this task that's going to significantly change the way we think about competition at Uber. And everyone became aligned. Team members would call each other out and they'd say, yeah, I actually don't think that's the most important thing you should be working on today in our team meeting because that doesn't relate to one of our five OKRs. And so when you have an effective way of taking these tasks and taking these business plans and start to organize them into objectives first, then how you measure those objectives, then the actions could become a lot more clear. And we can go backwards too. And we'll talk about a top-down approach or a bottoms-up approach to doing this. So do not get overwhelmed. There are a lot of, or maybe I have a quote here first. Yes, and we could take a pause here before I show you the overwhelming. But 
By clearing the lines of sight to everyone's objectives, OKRs expose redundant efforts and save time and money. So that is the goal of these OKRs is to make sure everyone's aligned, there's transparency of why people are working on things. And for you as business owners, we're helping to reduce redundancy, which saves you time and money. So I will take a pause because as a professor, I know me talking a lot can be exhausting to the audience. Um, so I'm happy to pause and answer any questions so far and anything that wasn't clear because it was more conceptual in nature and we're gonna get it more tactical next. So far, we don't have any questions in the chat box, but I would like to remind everyone on our webinar today to please feel free to utilize that chat box as we move through our presentation. If you have any questions, um, whether they're now while we're in this brief pause or for the Q&A portion of today's presentation, feel free to start popping them in there because I'll be keeping an eye out and making sure we get those covered at the end as well. Cool. I don't think we have any questions, Steve, so whenever right. you're ready. I'll keep going. So remember the situation now, right? We've gone from 300 employees to 12,000, 30 cities to 500. There's a ton of complexity. We all are just running around with our hair on fire. We have no idea what we're doing, trying to grow Uber. We needed to make some sense of all this. So we introduced, introduced the same OKR model, objectives, key results. And remember objectives, these are the memorable qualitative. They can be almost a little aspirational and fuzz, like fuzzy sometimes the feel-good objective that you're hoping to achieve, the key results, the metrics that you're measuring to make sure that the objectives are getting solved, and then the tasks that are gonna make sure all of this happens. Don't get overwhelmed, but this is what our primary OKRs are. And I took some liberties of changing numbers around, so these aren't the exact measurements, but if we just take this section by section, we'll start with talent. So that became one of the big things that we realized at Uber is we weren't investing enough time in our employees. So we needed to build a high performing, happy team. How were we gonna do that? We needed to make sure that our net promoter score, basically an evaluation of employee happiness was above a certain metric. And that was a new goal that general managers had in order to make sure that we were hitting our objectives for talent. And then we wanted to focus on retention. We wanted to make sure that we had some type of system in place where we were keeping employees for two plus years because investing in employees is expensive and, and time costly. So we wanted to make sure we were doing that. So these were the two guiding lights for our talent objective that we had. And in order to make this happen, what did we do? We took actions that we hoped would improve both of these key results in the direction we wanted them to go. So one is we would implement two new work from home flexibility policies since that was based on feedback. And we'd intro biannual or twice a year promotion cycles instead of just once a year so that we could hopefully impact the key results of employee NPS and retention, which then achieves our objective of talent. Now maybe something a little more tactical for you all is growth. Hopefully everyone wants to grow in some ways, right? So for us, our growth was focused on meeting and exceeding our trips, the number of riders and the number of drivers that we had. That was our, our North Star that we had when it came to growth. And the key results were pretty obvious. We needed to focus on hitting a certain number of trips, a certain number of retention of active riders and drivers. But the reality is underneath each of these three key results for growth, there were like 12 KPIs each in our metrics dashboard that would lead to it. And so it got super complicated because people were like, well, well, we had a, a, a ton more people request last weekend. So that means that we did a positive impact on growth, but that didn't result in writers. And so those were metrics that contributed to it, but 
They weren't the metrics that mattered. The metrics that mattered were the metrics that we agreed on as a team were going to drive that growth target that we had of meeting and exceeding the trip rider driver targets. So we, were, we just were very purposeful in keeping our key results to be focused on these three areas. And then what did we do? We would introduce two new incentives for riders to take more trips. We would improve driver pay in order to increase NPS by 10 points. We had a list of activities tied to each of these key results that we knew or we hoped were actually going to increase these numbers so that we could achieve our objectives. So hopefully for you all, taking a look at this, you can see that at Uber, we boil down the most important things in our business to talent, a focus on competition, growth, profitability, which we're still not doing great at, but that's okay. And uh, overall customer sentiment and like community engagement, how happy are the, the customers we're serving both riders and drivers. And then we put these meaningful taglines around it. And then we tried to agree what's the single metric or the true metric, the meaningful metric that we can measure ourselves against. And then we can create actions that help drive that. And what this did is it really transformed teams to change the way they were structured. Before teams were structured just as riders or drivers, right? Marketing um, or supply. And then people started to come together and right brain and left brain employees work together to solve these unique objectives instead of just focusing on you know, specific key areas of the business if I only focus on supply or only focus on demand. So we actually saw a whole mental and cultural change of employees coming around and a lot more ownership and excitement about the projects they were working on because they were tied to these big objectives of, hey guys, this plan can help us save $10,000 over the next two years. Like I did that, like I found that. There was a lot, of, a lot of overall positivity when we were able to simplify why is it we were doing what we were doing. So objectives. You all probably can think of these now of, of what are the groups of business activities um, that you want to achieve in your business. So are there certain regulatory things that you want to be able to achieve? Uh, uh, do you want to focus on retention? Do you have competition that you need to focus on? Is the speed of your delivery process most important? Is it quality control? Is it customer satisfaction? Is it profitability? These are the things that you can think of as a business. Like when you, when you boil down all of those keep you up at night moments, how do you organize them into a couple of buckets? And that's where you find your objectives. And I'd advise you probably not to start with five, start with the three biggest ones and go from there because you should always focus on lean startup and just stay lean and focusing on one to three things that you could do really well first. So this is where you're gonna start. And we can talk about this as part of our breakout in the Q and A portion of your businesses. What are the big things that keep you up at night or on your task list? How do you organize and bucket some of those tasks into common areas? And those are probably your objectives, the big things that you need to solve and achieve in your business. Now the key results are often can be called KPIs or they're interchangeable, your key performance indicators. They're basically the quantitative metrics that you're gonna use to measure progress. And again, try to keep this to like one or two or three maybe because even if you're running a uh, Mexican food restaurant, there are tons of metrics that you can use to evaluate customer service. You can look at social media sentiment. You can look at the number of transactions per day, per hour, per minute. You can look at the response time of when you put a special out in the local newspaper. You can look at website traffic and see if there's different offers. 
there's a lot of noise in metrics and there's a lot of things you can measure. So my advice to you is find the one or two key results for each of your objectives that you're gonna look at and that's gonna be the determinant of whether you've achieved that objective or not for that specific time frame. Yes, you're gonna need all those other metrics to support it and it's important, but just don't allow all that to get too noisy. So focus on big things like employee happiness and satisfaction, whether that's a survey or whether you use net promoter score, whatever that is. Is it orders growth over a certain time period that you've got for your specific store? Is it the percentage of net profit that you've achieved because you want to increase net profits by a certain percentage every year? Is it feedback that you've gotten on Yelp or rankings that you've gotten in Best of the Valley for Phoenix Magazine? Um, is it social media reach that you've been able to achieve? Focus on those key metrics, those key results that are most important to achieve your objectives. Now, the, the third side of this, the, the task side of this, this is where it gets a little tricky because oftentimes you don't have enough time to do all the tasks. If you could, you would, because you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner, but you have to rely on others to help you achieve those tasks. So the idea here is you either have a really comprehensive business plan and it's easy for you to organize all of your objectives and key results, or you've got a long list of tasks and you start at the bottom and go up. Either way, there's going to be a set of tasks that needs to get done and you need these tasks to make sure that they're driving to your OKRs. So the first step is, are there any tasks that don't relate to your OKRs? And if they're not in entirely imperative, you can probably get rid of them. And so that would be my first goal is for you to eliminate some of those tasks if you can. The tasks that do matter, organize them according to your key objectives. And if you can, the key results that they're gonna drive. But within the tasks is what we're gonna talk about here. And good project management says, every task needs a clear owner. There needs to be one person that's in charge of that task even if they can't do it alone and they need help from other people. Because if you have to go hunt down three people to know if a task got done, you're wasting three times more effort than you should. So everyone needs help, but tasks need single owners. That way there's a single person who's going to take ownership and there's a single person you can hold accountable. There can still be a lot of collaborators, but tasks should have one person. The other thing they should have is due dates. Hopefully the task is simple enough where there's only one due date, but often a task can be really complicated because they're waiting on a reply from someone else. So if that's the case, set up milestones. Make sure that there's a clear understanding of when things are gonna get done and in what order. So that way you can check on the progress of those tasks and those due dates. Quantitative metrics. It's really hard to put a qualitative task together in my opinion, or maybe it's really easy and I just have a warped brain, which is probably true but you need to have a definition of success for your task. And most often it needs to be quantitative and quantitative can be related to a date as well. But whenever possible, try to quantify the goal of that task. And then finally, make sure you're gut checking and saying, all right, now that I've done all these things, does this task still align to my key objectives? Because that's where people, when they're having those down days, they're saying, why am I working 40 hours a week and I'm tired and I'm stuck at home or anything else? They can go back and they can be like, this is why. I'm excited to finish this task. I'm excited to work on this task because this is why it's helping the business. That's one of the key points that I would always recommend there. Then finally, you got to get your team bought in. Um, this seems really obvious, even if you've worked with uh, employees for a number of years, at some point there's going to be some type of burnout. But and when you introduce this new process, there's gonna be some resistance, but you still need to get team buy-in. So 
my recommendation to you is build the model, then sit down with your team and let them know you need their help. Let them know that this is where we're heading and you want them to come with you on this journey because you can't do it alone and you can't keep doing it the way you did it before. Something has to change and we're gonna organize this and create more clear, actionable objectives. Then set the bar. Now that you're organizing your tasks, you're making an actionable plan, set the bar and don't give in on. Second, give the context why. Like I said, you're gonna get pushback, but if employees can actually see the why and you're, you're doing this, that it's gonna make their lives easier, it's gonna make your life easier, then they're gonna probably be bought in. And if they're not, this is the tough point in which they might not be the right person on the bus. They might not be the right employee. Then finally, review this regularly and give feedback often. There's really important that you need to set a clear cadence of how often you're gonna look at tasks as a management team, as a whole team, as well as in one-to-ones. And I think it's important too, from a task perspective, if someone doesn't meet expectations, you need to let them know. You don't have to be mean about it, but what I did with my employees is I basically said, it exceeds, it meets, or it doesn't meet my expectations, and I gave specific feedback why. So that way they could improve on it and make sure that I don't have to continue teaching them the same thing over and over, but we're, uh, we're addressing that head on right then. So again, I'm not sure how uh, familiar you are or how many of you are going to need this level of complexity for your one-to-ones with your employees or how big your individual employee group is. But the things that I want to reinforce here is we were able to track goals inside of their one-to-one -one formats in Asana in this tool. So they knew exactly what their goals were tied to and why it was important for them to focus on those goals. That's the same thing I want you to do with your employees is just make sure you're checking in on their tasks, you're giving them feedback on tasks and always reminding them why their work is important and what they're doing is important. So here you'll see another quote from Creator of OKRs. Are there clear vessels for leaders' priorities and insights? If set up correctly, hopefully your teams will look to you and say, this makes a lot more sense. We're gonna be able to work better, faster, stronger, because we have a clear understanding of your priorities and your insights as our leader. So OKRs for your business, you have this model now, and we can spend some time talking about it, but phase one, build it. So you can take that really comprehensive business plan and start to parse it out and group it or start from the bottom if you just have tasks and things that you know need to get done and start to group them, but work tops down or bottoms up in building version one of your OKRs, share them with the team and get the verbal nod of like, is everyone bought into this? Is everyone ready to go and take this adventure with me? Yes, cool. The second thing, measure. So my recommendation is don't look at these every day, um, but at least quarterly, maybe monthly as a team, you should be sitting down and evaluating, are we achieving the key results that we set out to achieve? And then making sure that with your employees, I would say at least monthly, if not weekly, are they completing the one-to-one -one tasks you've assigned them at the level of quality that you expect of them? Because if they're not, then that's maybe why you're gonna miss your OKR. Then finally, using lean startup principles, decide maybe after a quarter or two that you pivot or you persevere. You stop and you think about, are these the right key results? Or is this the right objective? Do we have the right things defined? Or you decide, yes, we do, and we're gonna persevere for another month. It's okay to change your objectives and your key results. I just would not recommend doing it on a weekly basis because you're gonna lose a little bit of that baseline. And as long as you adjust, just make sure you're clear on why you're, adjust, or you're adjusting. Did you adjust because the objective was wrong? Because the key results were wrong? 
or because the tasks or actions are being amiss. And that might be a team issue. So with that, the only other addition I made to our uh, OKR models at Uber um, was we put stoplights, as we call them, on progress. So every time that we would check in on these, we would go and evaluate, are we at a green? So this objective in OKR, it has on track and no risks. Are we at a yellow where we haven't quite missed it yet, but we're at risk to miss it if certain things don't happen? Are we red? Are we off track and likely to miss the goals? And with the limited time that you have to focus on task management and objective management, my advice to you is to focus on the reds, then the yellows, then the greens. If something's going really well, you don't need to spend a lot of time in your one hour management meeting talking about how well things are going. Instead, focus on the key priorities of those OKRs that are in red or yellow. So with that, my email is at the bottom. We can chat about OKRs, we can chat about operations, we can chat about whatever you'd like, but I'm hoping that um, this helped create a little bit more of a digestible way to take those business plans, take those action plans, take all the tactics that you've been learning through um, this, this series uh, over the last few months and actually being able to put it into a model that you feel more organized, you know how to organize your tasks, and then your teams also feel more bought in and accountable to this. So with that, thank you for allowing me to speak.